platform uh, and to help us uh, get ready to share. So all of you that were part of the team, many of you, we've selected you to say something. We've got a bunch of pictures to show as well. So come up on the platform and join me right up here. Uh, and Pastor Joel is going to lead this segment this morning. Amen. Well, we're back. You guys stayed here and held down the fort, and we flew halfway around the world, and it was quite a trip, and we had a blast. Right, guys? Oh, boy. Right, guys? We had a blast, okay? Right, guys? (laughs) We're all still a little jet-lagged. And the other cool thing is that we have been with each other 24-7 for the last uh, 14 or 15 days. How many days? I don't know. You know, it's hard to say because you lose days and you gain days coming back. I don't know. It was a lot of days. And uh, so this is our first time to see each other again. So, you know, it's kind of weird. You're, you're together, like, constantly, and then you hit the ground and SeaTac and you, you disperse. I didn't know what to do with myself, to be honest with you, without, you know, my people. But uh, anyway, we did meet up, though, again on Facebook about 3 a.m. I saw quite a few of us on making uh, comments because we were all waking up at the wrong time of the night because uh, coming home is strange. But we had a great time, and we want to share some of our stories with you. I hope you are excited with us. Uh, You sent us. You gave us finance. We went over to Thailand, and we did some amazing things. And uh, we want to absolutely share with you what we did and where we went. Uh, But before we get started, I just want to make sure that you know New Horizon is a giving, going, doing church. We are a missional church. We are not here to come to these four walls, inside these four walls, and enjoy ourselves, though we do every Sunday. We come here to get fed, to get charged up, and to go. And, you know... We think that our world is the world, but it's not. In fact, our world is quite small. There is a huge world out there that does not enjoy what we enjoy, but struggles day after day. And it was such a blessing to be able to go, to see, to do, to meet people, meet amazing people and uh, do amazing things. So we had a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of, of uh, adventures. So uh, I would like for us to start, though. Uh, we're going to show some pictures, and we've kind of throw, thrown these together last minute. So pardon me if they aren't quite perfect. But And, uh, Michael, there was a couple of videos. So just play the videos without sound so that we can just kind of see things. Um, except for the house visit video. I'll uh, definitely... Uh, have the sound on for that one when we tell you to. Amen. So we're going to start with Kevin. Kevin, come on up. Kevin, this is your second mission team with us, I believe, right? Yes, it is. All right. You went to Uganda two years or was it last year? Yeah, 2014. Okay. And how was that? That was really good. Okay, and now you're, you're sold, right? I'm part of the team. Two, two years going. Yeah. Uh, Kevin's going to share with us a little bit about some of the services and some of the uh, just church that we did. Yes. Uh, well, one of the things we did was we went to a city uh, called Hentec. Um, and at Hentec, there's a men's recovery home. Um, probably men, I would guess, age, ages from maybe, I would say, like 12, 13, probably through 60, 70 maybe, uh, and they're recovering drug addicts, uh, mostly from heroin because we're right there in the middle of the 
kind of they call it the golden triangle, but it's where a lot of the opium um, that's uh, uh, on the streets, when you talk about heroin in the United States and other countries, it comes out of that region. So you get a lot of um, the people from that region that end up becoming drug addicts. So we, we visited a men's home there uh, in Hentec. And uh, it's funny, you go into the jungle, it's kind of like you're going down this road, and it's kind of like a jungle road, you leave the city, and uh, it's right on the border between Thailand and Burma, which is, or uh, Myanmar, but, uh, and it's right, right, right in that region is where uh, the uh, Shan army uh, fought, and where uh, one of the great, uh, one of the famous uh, drug warlords um, had their post. But we ministered there um, in uh, Hentec, uh, I would say to maybe about 30 men, and it was really powerful. The Spirit of the Lord fell while we were ministering. Um, it's amazing when you're, you're there in Thailand, you don't realize that you are, as a Christian, part of the minority. Uh, out of 65 million uh, population, there's 370,000 evangelical Christians, which is less than you know half of 1% of the population. So, um, you really come to realize how critical it is that you're prayed up. You know, the Word of God says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God uh, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing. And you want to talk about high thing. There's temples on every hill. I mean, the enemy has got, he's set up all over the place with 95% of the, the souls of the people uh, in this region are, uh, are they're Buddhists. Uh, and it's, it's hard ground to minister. I'm not going to tell you it is and it is. Uh, it's, it's hard ground. So, uh, but, but our team was prayed up. We went in. Uh, the right. glory fell. Pastor ministered. Recover life. Um, we, we did a number of... Uh, it was powerful. It was a powerful meeting. Uh, people were in tears. Uh, but, but you realize how utterly dependent we are upon God. Um, you know, the word says, you know, one, one, one sows seed, another waters, but it's the Lord that brings the harvest. And how critical it is that, that we do our part... Uh, which is uh, preparing, preparing spiritually. We must pray. We must fast. Uh, we give. We do all that we do, but we are utterly dependent upon God, and God did show up, and he broke in. It was a powerful time, powerful time. Uh, we also had, do you want me to share about the services the, that we did? at? Uh, and then we also did services at um, New Vision Church. New Vision yep. Church. Um, which is at Faith Village. They've got a church that's quite large, but they're meeting in a kind of a small area uh, because, again, um, you know, by faith they built a, a nice building, but um, also, you know, there's, there's, they need a harvest. We need the wind of the Spirit to blow in Thailand. So, uh, again, as, as, as pastor was sharing, pastors were sharing how privileged we are to experience what we experience in a, in a weekly basis, um, you know, they are, they're like an outpost. They're the, yep. you know, they're out on the frontier, you know, they're, they're, um, and, and, and they are the vast majority. But, uh, anyway, um, we had, we had other services. We did recover life for two days right at the end of our trip. It was really powerful. Uh, had some powerful meetings. Um, Joel Carver ministered, powerful, powerful. Pastor Joel ministered, it was powerful. Other members of the team had opportunities to minister. Um, and, um, but uh, I believe we saw, we saw uh, about 15 new people come to the church while we were there. We'd go out and we'd hand out flyers and we did track bombing in the markets and, uh, and, and the whole team participated in that. But they did experience kind of a, 
some new, new uh, families, new people showing up at the church while we were there. So that was great. But, um, yeah. Amen. It was a good time. Yeah. Excellent time. Good job, Kevin. Marcy, come on up. We had the opportunity um, to go out. A lot of, the, of what we did was outreach for, for the church there. So, uh, Marcy, tell them what we went out and did. So, one of the things that we did was we went to the store and bought a bunch of snacks because in their culture, it's really common to bring a gift when you go to their homes. So, we were going out to do house visits um, and... This particular one right here was we went to, it was only three of us that day. It was just, I don't know, one of those days where just half of us went. And we went to a brick factory, and we ministered there. This is in a home that was fun. Um, We went to this home. Now, mind you, nobody in Thailand speaks English, like at all. So we were sitting in a circle, and we all just sat there, and these two ladies are like, back and forth, back and forth, and there we were, so, <laughs> but she did actually end up coming, so that's what was really cool. She did. Now, we have a video. Can you play the video? video? Can you play the sound? No? Is it not going to work? Okay. Oh. Sorry. Oh, it's a cute video. You, you missed out. Yeah, so that Sorry. lady right there did not want to come to church because she had to finish her elephants. Um, <laughs> they she, were little stuffed elephants, little, and she had to sew the eyeballs on. She had to on. sew the eyeballs on it, so she was arguing about why she didn't need to go to church. So it was, you know, they're but just like us. she did come. She did she come. She did come. She came two days later, so that was really cool. Um, but one of the things that really impacted me was when we, when we did go to the brick factory, Actually, more than one of us did get to go. The guys got to go, too. So the brick factory is, they make bricks. And most of the people that work there are Sean. So Sean is a people group that lives there, and that is Pastor David's heart, and because he is Sean. And we went there, and these people actually live on the property where they work. So it's sort of like very small dormitories that are right there on the property. And we prayed for this one woman that they told us she had breast cancer. Um, And uh, she came to church. She did come to church. I don't know if you knew this, but when we were there, when we prayed for her, um, uh, she, you know how when you're getting prayed for and you just weep and you're just sitting there and you're just weeping and literally seeing the Holy Spirit just fall over her was, I mean, it was, I don't think we could ever take that back. And she was so moved by us that we had like a little line of women that wanted to be prayed for. They're like, oh, okay. You know, because there they believe in anything and any God and anyone will bless them. But this lady, that was God. I mean, she just wept. And uh, we don't have a picture of her because... That was just a time where it just felt inappropriate to take a picture, you know. And uh, the team, we sat there for a little bit, and she actually took it upon herself to unbutton her shirt and show us the scars um, from having, she had a double mastectomy. And the way they sewed her up was like she was a dog. And, um, And they said that that was fairly typical of the Sean people there is that when they come to get treated, they just sew them up and send them on their way. They don't care anymore. So that was really harsh, but that's her reality. And uh, we believe that she will reach out to the team and come back 
and she knows how to reach out to the New Vision Church there. Um, they go there often to minister. And now, don't forget, she did come to that last service. She did come. She came to the first service and the last and the service. Last, and she accepted Christ she at did. the last one. Yeah. Yes. So, so she was a a good story. She's one of those stories that you're like, oh, there's that one lady, you know, and that was her. But so. then, don't forget too, we went back to her house. We did go back to her. I didn't go back on that trip. But apparently, what she did was she took down her idols. Um, we all got to help her. So yes, yes, this is so cool because all that happened. Were you guys in your, her room? Were you uh, in her no, room? No, we were actually okay. outside. So we came to her room, and uh, she was suffering and not well, and she wanted prayer again. We came into her room, and up in the corner was a big, huge shelf filled with Buddhist idols and all sorts of just idolatry. And um, so we prayed with her, and the room was filled with the Holy Spirit, and it was just the most precious time. And then she said, I want that gone. So then all of us reached up there. We grabbed some of the idols, all the pictures, all of the stuff, that, all the incense, and all the fruit that was being you know, offered up to this Buddha. And we took that stuff, and we got it out of her room. We totally cleansed her room of all idol worship. That was huge. For yeah. her. Absolutely huge. It's a big deal. Amen. So, Thank you, Marcy. Thank you. Uh, Lloyd. Lloyd. Come on up. We did some construction, didn't we? Did we do some hard work while we were over there? Did we sweat just a hair? Kevin, where'd you go? Kevin sweated so much. He was wearing a hat, you know, a baseball cap thing, and sweat was like dripping off of the brim constantly. I was like, Kevin. Do you have like a faucet turned on coming out of your head? We went through gallons and gallons of water. Absolutely. And we went through mountains of food. Mountains of food. Oh, what a good justification to eat a lot. Yes, go ahead. Tell us all about construction. Some some of us are still sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, sweaty cop. It was hands-on construction at Safe Faith Village Orphanage. I was asked by Pastor Dwayne Wolf to share about the construction aspects of the trip. Overall, it rivaled a barn rising, no doubt. I'm not a public speaker, <laughs> but I am a certified Washington State concrete inspector. Woo! <laughs> and we poured concrete. <laughs> With rustic tools. Literally very, very rustic tools. Okay, it was so rustic that I was trying to rake, and they didn't have a rake, so I found a two-by-four that was about this long, and I started using that with my hands, and then one of the kids came, and he ran out and got a huge, long bamboo stick, and we nailed it to the two-by-four, and that was my rake. It was amazing. We need to patent that. Actually, they ended up making like four of them. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the things you can do with bamboo. (laughs) At the new store site along the highway, the slab was placed for slab preparation. The existing subgrade soils were brought to grade, required clean sand placed, and compacted to Thailand specifications. <laughs> Hallelujah. Which was a little ridiculous. We love those Thailand specifications. I was, th- I was there. <laughs> it's hard to stop me. Steel and for reinforcement was rolled out and placed. 22 
cubic yards of concrete poured, leveled, and finished. 1,512 square feet of floor space completed. Six bays, 12 by 21. Not bad for a newly formed crew. That has never poured concrete in their lives. <laughs> no. Well, I had some experience, and I think Dwayne has. But it was Dwayne Wolf, Joel Beatty, Kevin Higginbottom, Chase Beatty, Sterling Wolf, Joel Carver, ATV, and myself, plus the Thai helpers, under the supervision, under our supervision, I give thanks to. I want to give special thanks to Melanie Beatty for her grace coming home. On the plane ride, I was able to stretch out and my back was recovered by the time I landed, giving me the ability to come and stand here before you today. No doubt it was a team effort all the way. Amen. It really was. Uh, it's just amazing what was accomplished. Um, couldn't have done it without team effort. And they're welcome to come over to my house and do the same. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't think so. Anytime they want. Only if it will be tie specifications. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Maybe my specifications. <laughs> I would be very happy. I also recommend this mission trip to anybody to make it a must-do on their list. Although, I did nickname the trip. Uh, yeah, here what? we go. <laughs> Missionary Boot Camp. <laughs> Amen. There you go. What a difference a day makes. Thank you. Amen. Coop Coon Cup. Sterling, what did you wear when you were pouring the concrete? Just feet in the mud. Just... Feet in the mud. That's all it was. They did not have boots or shoes. Feet in the mud. Flip-flops and barefoot. Who's next? Chase is going to share about our bricklaying, and Sterling is going to share about the roof. Oh, wow. So good to be back. Wow. Let me tell you what. It's so much different over there. Even the cars, and I don't know. It's just, it's so different. and, uh, and, And we worked so hard, and... It put in so much effort. It just, and then when we, when we left, we're driving away, looking at it. We're just like, you know, we feel good, and it's just, it was an amazing trip. Um, so, by, uh, so at the church, right across the street, or uh, those their, are roof the little pictures. Road, you gotta go to brick. Um, they have their, sideways. they have their uh, bathrooms, and so in front, it, it's all like a bunch of weeds and all this, and like. Uh, old stumps and so what we did is um is we all there's like all these old bricks and then uh we made all these uh like flower beds all the way around planters yeah it's a planter flower flower planters isn't that uh, cute (laughs) good job yes It was hard work, though. No, it was. It was. 90-degree <laughs> weather, 100% humidity, Kevin's sweating. 
you know. Did you ever know how to lay bricks before you went on this trip? Sterling and Chase became master masons. We bought these little mason trowels in town at the hardware store. And uh, so we turned them loose. And they knew how to run strings. They knew how to set their line. They knew how to use their mason trowels. And these guys laid a ton of brick. (laughs) And guess who mixed the concrete to provide the brick? The Papas mixed the concrete. So Kevin and Joel became the hod carriers. And they they were mixing the mud and bringing it to the boys. And the boys were laying all the brick. Come on, somebody. Give them a big shout. Good job. And a funny story was um, when we were getting all the bricks, uh, there's all types of little creatures inside the bricks. Now, you don't need to tell the Like, we're talking... uh, We're we're talking scorpions, snakes. Centipedes. I mean, these bricks have been sitting there for, you know, 10 years or so. And there's just all these little... So, did you kill one? What'd you do? And and Pastor Dwayne, every time... (laughs) He'd pick up one, and then someone's like, he's screaming. <laughs> so, you know, running. Screaming? And oh, my. I kept singing the song, I don't like spiders and snakes. <laughs> I don't want it takes to love me. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you very fun. much. Amen. Sterling? Hello, people. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> they're... The cafeteria roof for their cafeteria was leaking a bunch, and it was way overdue, and so we... That's the new roof. Yep. That's the new one. So we pulled it all off, and they were up there pulling it off. It was kind of... It was high up, and yeah. And um, so... You got up there and painted, though. We just, we the, just you, helped them stack it. And you ruined it was, one of your shirts if they're painting. You, we had to repaint all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Remember that? I was bare hands taking it off, and then I realized it was made out of asbestos. Asbestos. <laughs> and yes, we got him gloves yeah. immediately. But, uh, yeah, it was really fun. And our welder and the know-it-all guy, his name was Lung Moon. Lung and he Moon. was welding everything together with two pairs of shades just taped together with plastic. <laughs> just, it was arc great. Welding, arc welding with sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> two pairs. Yep, two pairs. Two pairs. And... Um, yeah, that, that, yeah. Here we are. It was great. It was good. So that's... You could tell they were really um, thankful for our help, and um, they used our big muscles and height a lot. They couldn't stop saying, like, oh, you're so tall. But, <laughs> but we weren't. It was, yeah. Our, our people, you know, he especially would reach up and take the tiles from them, from the ceiling. Yes. Okay, so next we have Sandy. Hello. It is so good to be home, you guys. So good. Oh, Vanna is going to show. Yes. I brought a couple of bags that we made um, while we were there. Actually got to be a part of um, choosing, cutting, surging. Yeah, we did a lot of stuff with with and for them. Um, so Paula has, it's a long, had been a long time dream for her, um, for this bag making venture. And now is the right time. And with the store going in, they'll have a great opportunity and a venue, a place to, sh- to show and sell them. Um, so they've been working really hard to get their store all set up 
their machines get stocked um, with all their supplies, and they've made a few bags, and I think we probably have a picture of some that they've made, and we bought a fair amount of what they had made, because, you know, girls in bags, come on, um, which gave them a boost of confidence, because they weren't really sure when they made them if anybody would want them. They were, they were really uncertain if this is even maybe a valid thing to do. Um, so to get to come alongside them and validate the dream, that yeah, this you're doing the right thing and you're doing it well. And you guys can take a look at these. They did a fantastic job. Um, very innovative. There's zippers here where you can undo it and set it down on your luggage. So it'll sit on top of your suitcase as you roll it through the airport. It's fantastic. Um, but more than that, just to be able to share with them, um, their main lady who kind of runs and watches over the sewing, she cooked for us all day long. She's been there for 20 plus years. She gets no salary from them. She's there because she has a heart and a passion for what they do. And at the end of the day, it's cleaning up our, after dinner, after cleaning all that up, then she would go down to the sewing room and work. And we got to come alongside her and go down to the sewing room and work. We would cut out whatever we could cut. We would surge. We would sew. We would encourage. We would brainstorm on ideas on how to fix problems, how to do things. Um, and at one point, you know, it's like, Chase said, even after dark, it's, you know, 85 degrees, 100% humidity. We're like, J-Phone, you could use a fan in here. She said, yes, we had one. We put them in your rooms. Yes, we were enjoying them at night, and she was and While she was sweating. down there sweating. They have no running water in this building. They don't even have a little cooler to get water out of. Um, they need to go to the bathroom. It's, you know, through the dark, the mud, whatever, up to where... But they're working, um, putting this stuff together with love, with a hope and a vision that it's going to make a difference in the lives of the kids there. And I believe it really is. Amen. So this is uh, Paula's project, and it's uh, going to hopefully take off and provide some finance for them as well. So that's Aren't really those cool. bags cool-looking bags? Don't you just want one? So Miss Melanie, come on up. And uh, look how beautiful she is. <laughs> She is gorgeous, but I need you to know that this girl... Scotty went last time. We missed you, Scotty. We missed you. You have to know that this girl here knows how to work, too. And shop. And shop, but work the most. Yes, 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 yes. So share share some of the uh, sweat, hard sweat and tears that we we did us girls. Okay. So if um, you're going to take a cold shower every day... But it's good because it is so hot. And um, you walk outside and you're sweating every day. So anyway, oh, yeah, come on. Wonder Woman, Supergirl, look at that. Oh, and look at the little guy's name. He's little. He's sweet. His name is Kamong. His name is Kamong. And after we had dumped, after we were cleaning up he the whole place. He push that cart. He helped push from the back, and then after we dumped it, I, he goes, um, is it okay if I get in? <laughs> and so I said, okay. So he gets little, in there. He's, he's a little height challenged. Yes, but, and his name is Kamong, and he was totally awesome. I never uh, could you see his face without a smile. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, that was great. So we cleaned up around the place. There's Sophia sweeping the bricks that had not been uncovered for years. And so somebody thought it would be a good idea to do weeding. Um, it was her idea. Um, yes, the initials SS, Sandy Sims. 
I thought it was Joel. That morning, Joel said, you know what? We got to clean up around here. She was having a little fit. She's like, we got to start cleaning up because we had tore off the roof, and then there was a bunch of cleanup to be done. And it's like, yeah. And that place looked good. It looked really good. We helped them out. You know, they get bombarded. Just to tell you what uh, David and Paula do is people know, and the police know, and they know that there's an orphanage there, but they know that if they call that and say they have some children, that they'll say yes, and they'll take the children. So that is David and Paula. Um, Just so you guys know, they just don't, we just don't give them money, you know, for nothing. They take care of a lot of children. They've raised many They have for years. So Absolutely. it was fun, and um, all the girls worked really, really hard. But I'll tell you what, it was nothing. I, I have to say it's nothing compared to the guys in that concrete. In the heat, and you guys down there, four days doing that. That was huge, huge, huge work. Amen. That was awesome. Good job. Special grace to Lloyd. Good job. And we have to say that um, Caitlin was down there working, too. So uh, yes. she, she was a busy girl, too. Um, Lori, would you come up? Actually, I'm going to skip to Lori. Lori, would you share just a little bit about what you were sharing with me? Um, this trip uh, was phenomenal. And <laughs> ice cream cone. <laughs> I uh, am sour... Or, to make my ends meet, I have to hustle for jobs because I live on disability. I've always had the heart for missions, but I was always told that because my family has always lived in poverty, that it's not possible. It will never happen. And I've always believed that until I saw my best friend with four ch- three children and her husband, and she made it work. So I'm thinking, well, if she could make it work, God could make it work for me too. And God did. I have gone on the last three mission trips. And it's all been because of you guys and God moving through you and also moving through me and touching me and realizing that anything is possible through God. It has built my faith beyond any imagination that I can. I, you know me. I prefer to be in the background. But this trip, I was not in the background. No, you were not. I handed out tracks. I had four teenagers that I asked them, because I, as I handed out the tracks, I asked them to tell me, what does come to church? How do you say come to church? Well, I kept saying what they had told me, but they kept giggling behind me. So then I turned around and I said, so what am I really saying? Oh, no, you're saying come to church. (laughs) Well, at the end of handing out all these tracts, I mean, people were taking tracts left and right. It was hilarious. I couldn't get enough tracts. And uh, the next day, the church was full. I come to find out that I had told every single person to go home. You were pronouncing it that way. But, and they didn't correct me. (laughs) So that was even funnier. (laughs) 
So, but the church was full. The church it was worked. full. It worked. Yes, it worked, and it was because of God. So, Amen. you know, you have to have the faith. <laughs> All right. Good job. Uh, and we had uh, two guest uh, missions teams, uh, team members here, uh, Joel Carver and his daughter Tatum. Yeah, thank you. And Joel here uh, is quite the soccer gentleman. I don't know all of your credentials, so maybe you might want to share a yeah, little bit. I don't bit. want to brag. But, okay, uh... yeah, Mr. Soccer here. So, uh, but he came to expressly put on the soccer camp that we did, and we had right around 100 kids come, and it was amazing. Um, the first night we were there on the ground, though, the Faith Village soccer team played a game against another team, and so Mr. Carver got to get out there. And there's no age limit. Thank Pastor you, David's Lord. out there playing, yeah. and you know, so this is—it's not just like 18 or 19 year olds or whatever. So why don't you share? Yeah, I don't know if you've seen The Walking Dead, but uh, <laughs> that first night, <laughs> get off the plane and go play soccer, and then they tell then they tell me the team we're playing is our local you know, rivalries, and they're very physical. And, uh, and they were, too. Oh, my yeah. word. They were out for blood. Yeah, I was picking myself up off the ground a few times. And the ground, remember the ground was like all, it was not smooth, it was not like a smooth field. No, if, if uh, I coach a couple club teams here, and if we allowed our kids to play on the types of fields that these people have, we would, there would be lawsuits. There's no doubt. We, we wouldn't be allowed to play on them. Without, and that's not joking. I'm not exaggerating that for sure. Thankfully, they don't believe in lawsuits in Thailand. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, we saw a lot of that. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, so it, I'll just take just a, a minute to share something with you guys uh, about the team and about your leaders because they won't and because uh, we're not members here, I will. Um, Tatum and I uh, came into this group really not knowing very many people, and uh, we, we were welcomed in as family just right away. And so um, I just have to tell you what an amazing group of people, and I'm sure uh, this uh, small sampling of your church is uh, probably the measure of your church. And so we are, yeah, if you can give this group just an awesome, it was amazing. So uh, to be, yeah, to be welcomed in like, like that was was incredible. Uh, and then as far as your leaders, uh, quickly, uh, my wife and I, uh, for the last 10 of 11 years, have been um, the leaders of a professional ballet ministry. Uh, we've partnered with a lot of ministries overseas, West Coast, East Coast. Uh, we've been in a lot of churches. And uh, I was sharing with my wife just how refreshing it is. You know, sometimes as leaders, uh, we, we're so used to directing and leading that we find, a, we, we find ourselves often kind of out of the ditch and on the peripheral, uh, you know, uh, giving orders and, and helping. Well, your leaders are not only outstanding directors and leaders in general, but they are in the ditch. And uh, yeah, please. I mean, it's just, I know they wouldn't say that and they're not going to bring it up, but you have amazing, amazing leaders. Um, and so that was so refreshing to see and to be a part of. Um, it was, it was, it was great to not be leading a tour to just be in line and then just see everybody just serving. So I felt like I was, no joke, this felt like it was SEAL Team 7 coming in there <laughs> with this group. Uh, Sean has been, we've been messaging back and forth for the last couple of days, and uh, I've been asking him how his new group is, and, and he told me uh, the new group is very tame. <laughs> 
compared <laughs> to this when, group. When they put us on an airplane, another plane was landing with, their, with a new group coming in. So that's who you're, you're referring to. So they drove us to the airport and then drove away with Picked a whole other team. Yeah, and they were, uh, yeah. They're tame, I, huh? I think they were okay <laughs> with having a tame group because... <laughs> This group right here, no joke, kept these guys busy from morning to evening. I mean, it's, you know, Marcy mentioned something in a post I saw that, you know, on Facebook and, and that sort of thing, often we put the, the happy stuff, the, hey, guess where we are today? And, and I think that um, that leaves a little bit out as far as what the reality is. And, and a lot of times, like Marcy said, the reality is, is we, we can't put some of the pictures up of some of the things that we're doing. You know, we can't put the picture up of, of probably a five-year-old little girl with burns on her head that her parents are making her hold a little, what, maybe six-month-old baby begging for food or begging for money as we're getting off the boat in Laos. I mean, we, you just can't put this kind of stuff on most of the time. So, yeah, it was amazing. And as far as the, the soccer camp, you know, we were, we were expecting between 100 and 150 kids, and, and it was overwhelming to think about. But in the picture uh, you see up there, one of the great things that we were able to do was show up and give these guys new jerseys. Chase is wearing one. Can you step out, Chase? And Kevin's wearing one. You know, these are... New Horizon right there. And then their church. These are no joke. These are great, you know, so for us to see, you know, (laughs) over 100 kids running around with this jersey was was just fantastic. Um, So I, I was able to facilitate that. It was fantastic. Um, what was neat for me, um, you know, I posted something about soccer, football being a, an international, a, a universal language. And it was so fun to be a part of because if, even if they don't understand you, uh, they understand what you can do. And uh, I noticed right away with these kids and uh, with the other teams that we played, they all have great feet um, in the soccer world, you know, explaining, saying, describing someone as having good feet means they have good skill. They have great feet, great skill. But the other thing I noticed quickly was they didn't have any vision. All right? They didn't have any vision. And so it was funny when I shared that with them, when I shared that even with David, uh, they understood, wow, that, yeah, okay, I understand that. Um, we don't. And, and uh, part of the reason why they don't, and by, by having good vision means that you use your teammates, that you use the team that's around you. And, uh, and, and so in talking to them about vision, it was, it was interesting because they all caught on about it. They all caught on. And, uh, and, but part of that is they had such good feet that they didn't need other people. They could get themselves out of trouble pretty, pretty quickly. And so sharing with them uh, and teaching them about vision and using their team uh, teammates around them uh, made a big difference. And in fact, they were laughing because they heard when we played again the following Sunday, and I was able to be a part of that. I felt a little better. It wasn't quite the walking dead, but um, they were saying how, Sean was saying how he was hearing the other team, and the other team was commenting to, commenting to them how much of a different, their whole style of play changed from one week to the next. And they, and they thought it was pretty cool, and I think that helped us draw kids out to the camp. But I thought, you know, I was thinking in retrospect what, what that's like for us. You know, we all have, find ourselves sometimes with good feet walking through this thing that we, we aren't as dependent on others, on our church body, and even the Lord to, to, to really not just get us, get us out of trouble, but just uh, have joy, really, to, to have the fulfillment of a relationship with the Lord. And I, I just I paralleled that for me, that story. And, and so, yeah, thank you Amen. for 
allowing us to be a part of it and meeting the team and being here. Yes. Amen. Another side note with the soccer, you know, in the Buddhist culture there, they are not free to just get up and preach and share the word. It's a very, it's, it's not, there's not a freedom for that. And uh, so the last time we were there, especially David and Paula were, you know, giving us a little bit, okay, so this is how you're going to share the Lord and this is how it has to go, but, you know, be careful and, you know, because they could get expelled. They could get shut down. So, uh, but this time they asked uh, Joel here to go ahead and share his testimony. And he was very, very bold with his testimony to this group of a hundred plus kids just right out there in the middle of everywhere. They just, you know, Sean just said, you know what, just do it, just do it, just go for it. And so he was able to absolutely share the test, his testimony and the love of God and who God is right there to all these Buddhist children, you know, right underneath the, the Buddhist temple nose. And uh, so it, it was a really, really impactful time, but it was a good trip. And uh, from our hearts to you, please, thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting. Thank you so much for all of the times you bought the food out of the kitchen window for us and, and everything that you've given. And uh, we're getting, uh, beginning to ramp up for our next mission trip. And will you go? Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right, Dwayne. Thank you. Good job. Let's give him a hand. Okay, so we're over time, but I want to close with just a couple thoughts. I could get the band to come up on the platform. We do this kind of a thing at the risk of uh, boring you, at the risk of uh, some of you not being acquainted with the trip and maybe not invested in the team. But um, we want to keep saying to your hearts that we are a missional people. So part of what's ahead of us is church planting. Part of what's ahead of us is more mission going. And uh, we want to just keep, we want to keep igniting you with a greater vision than just living your life. A greater vision than just living in your world, but partnering together corporately to do great things across the world. Amen? I kept thinking in that, uh, in that recovery home, uh, we had to have, we had to have the, message translated into two languages. So we had to have it translated into the Shan tribe, and then we had to trans- have it translated into Chinese. And I kept thinking, and we're right there in the midst of, we're super close to China, and uh, there's a lot of Chinese living in that part of Thailand uh, and that part of Burma. And I kept thinking, maybe we have the next, maybe we have the next Watchman Nee sitting in this group. You know, Watchman Nee, you know, somebody who wrote books, who changed the face of China, who just, who revolutionized Christianity in China. And, you know, who, who knew what was sitting in that auditorium? You know, and I just kept, I kept thinking, do we have a Billy Graham to China sitting here? You know, they only cycle in for a few months and then they go back to their indigenous place, you know, so they've come out of opium influence, heroin influence, as we, you know, as was mentioned. But, you know, you never know who you're touching. And if we weren't there, and if we weren't bringing the message, the other thing that's really crazy is that, and I think this is really important, is that so much, evangel- so much of evangelical missional work in other nations has come out of first world evangelical missional understanding, right? So guess what? That means it lacks deliverance. 
because most first world evangelical ministry doesn't have the deliverance as a part of their ministry. So then they go to these other nations and they're ministering in these other nations. They're, they go to these other nations and they're ministering in these other nations, but they're not ministering with, with that as a part of their ministry. So people are coming to the Lord, but they're not getting free. We heard story after story after story of people that have come to the Lord and not come into freedom. And so part of what we were doing was taking an aspect of ministry that included freedom, that included deliverance. These things are so important. And I know that many of you aren't aware of this, but two and a half years ago when our team went to Thailand, it was a, it was a wipeout. We went to the ministry. They had been wiped out. Our team went two and a half years ago. They were wiped out. So many, so many, like, problems, difficulties, struggles. It was like entering into a demonic world and getting beat up. And and this time, because we prayed more before we went there, And I wanted to close with that theme this morning. Pray there before you get there. Stand with me this morning. Say it as you stand. Pray there before you get there. Sue Curran, a great prayer missiologist, has actually written a book, and that's the theme throughout the whole book. It's a whole book of the move of God, changes that God made things that God did, crazy things that happened when people showed up, part of their ministry, Sue's ministry, people, when people showed up because they had prayed there before they got there, and we saw it this time. We saw a team in unity, we saw cohesiveness, we saw peace, we saw favor, we saw blessing, we saw breakthrough, we saw healings, we saw deliverances. Everywhere we went, God prepared the way. Everywhere we went, we saw nothing but favor and goodness. We saw health. The team walked in health. A couple people had a little thing come on them. It was set, it was just literally broke off of them right away. Nobody got sick. Nobody, I mean, it was just, it was one of those, it was 14 days from heaven in the land of hell. And I'm telling you, it's because we prayed there before we got there. And we didn't pray just timid prayers, but we seized the heavens. And because we seized the heavens, we walked in a manifestation. And I believe that just as Joel's talking about, you can have good feet, but your eyes are not connecting with your team. That's a metaphor we need to take out of this place this morning. That you're strengthened as you connect with your team. This too is a metaphor for us to take out of here this morning. If you'll pray there before you go there, all of life will be different for you. All of life goes differently when we pray there before we go there. And and the Lord has the Lord has ordained that we have that we have this daily time of connecting with Him, receiving manna from above, give me this day my daily bread. Give me this day my daily bread. Manna from above, rhema from above, bread from above. We can't eat, we can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen? 
Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes this morning. I want you to just, while you're doing that.